So we're doing The Walking Dead this month. It's going to be fun. Uh, we're going we're gonna to talk about a lot of stuff. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be fun. So I, I didn't realize this really because I'm not into that sort of thing that much, but I, I've, the, the whole Walking Dead thing is about to start its 10th season. Um, it's, the, the whole zombie thing is like a thing, right? There's like cult following with the zombie thing. And so I was driving in Bel Air yesterday, actually, and I passed a Jeep that looked a lot like this one. Uh, Bree's going to pop this picture up here. So I don't know if you, it's a little hard to sell back there, but there's like zombie parts on the Jeep. There's chains. There's blood on it. I literally passed that one just about like that. It was painted a different color, but it had a zombie sitting in the back seat with the guy and, you know, body parts on the Jeep. So the zombie thing is like, uh, it's like a thing. And I, I worked with this engineer uh, a few years ago, and he was into conspiracy theories and, and random weird things and zombies. Um, and so he was telling me one day, we were talking about it, and he, he was like, tell me about this bug out pack that he has. You guys know what a bug out pack is? Well, if you don't know what a bug out pack is, it's one of those things that you, you pack essentials in, water and some, you know, some, uh, some rations and, and change of clothes. And if my mom would pack my bug out bag, I would have a whole pack of new underwear. I, I mean, that's <laughs> vital to, to living. <laughs> so the bug out pack is like, you're supposed to be able to grab that and then no matter what's happening, you have something, right? So we were talking about this, and, and, and he was telling me about his whole philosophy on zombies and, and that sort of thing. So apparently, this, there's people that think about this. So there was this couple of grad students at Cornell University that actually created a website. I think this is going to work. Bree's going to help me here. I'm going to pop up this website. So this is a, a map of the country. She's going to click up near Maryland area. Go ahead and click it. And then watch the hours and watch this... M- Okay, you see this black blob starting to spread? So this is supposed to be indicative of what would happen if there was a zombie outbreak in our highly... So we're at 57 hours, and we're pretty much taking over several states already. So anybody nervous yet? Like, this could happen. And someone spent some energy working on this so that we would know what to do. Yeah. So clearly, it's a thing. People do this. Um, and I can pretty much guarantee that nobody woke up this morning and said, I can't wait to go to church because I'm going to learn about what to do if there's a zombie apocalypse, right? I mean, we, we, we talk about loving our church, and we talk about a very practical gospel here. Well, this is practical. Whatever happens if, if a zombie apocalypse were to take place. So it's pretty odd, pretty crazy, but what we're going to do over the next few weeks is we're going to talk about this, this whole walking dead concept. And basically, it's pretty simple. Um, whenever we come to Christ and we die to our old self, something changes. I mean, how about last Sunday, right? Baptism Sunday? Favorite Sundays ever. Love them. It's amazing. We had some people here today that were baptized last week. The whole point of baptism, it, and we're going to talk, talk through this when we read in Romans today, but the whole point of baptism is dying out to something that is old and being resurrected into something that is new. And we'll, we'll talk about this in Romans when we read this, but the actual act of baptism is, is symbolic of being buried, like Christ was buried in a tomb. So it's all about this old person, this old man, this old nature becoming dead. And a new person, the Bible says a, a new creature, 
All things are now new. Everything is starting all over again. So we're born again. So it's a dying of an old thing and the resurrecting of something new. And so that's what we're going to be talking about for the next few weeks, which is why we called it the walking dead, because everybody that has walked through that stage in their spiritual journey, you're a walking dead man or dead woman, because there's something in us that is old and died. And the point of this whole thing is how do we keep that zombie dead? (laughs) How do we keep that part of us dead? So we're going to jump into Romans. The Apostle Paul wrote the passage, wrote the book of Romans to the Roman church, who uh, Christians there, the gospel had spread in Rome, and there were a lot of Christians there, a lot of great things happened, and, and, and Paul was not there all the time, so he was writing letters to them, encouraging them, giving them guidance and direction. So in Romans chapter 5, the, verse, the chapter before, we're, the one we're going to unpack today, he actually uses this Uh, This picture, which I found fascinating, he says that through one man, Adam, the first man, sin entered into the world because of disobedience. So in other words, Adam's sin infected the rest of humanity with this incurable disease of sinful nature. We were no longer perfect anymore. We now were broken. But then Jesus came, right? We know the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John tell the story of Jesus. He died, resurrected again so that we could be saved So when Jesus, one man, redemption came into the world. So he's like the antidote, right, for this death. We can find new life through Christ and therefore break the curse of sin in our life. So that is why there's this struggle between uh, our nature, perhaps, and how we know God wants us to be, right? Anybody struggle with that? I know I do every day. So we'll start in Romans chapter 6, and we'll jump right into this passage that Paul is writing here. He says, what shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? I love the way he said it, right? He said, those who have died. So any one of us in this room who have laid down our life through the act of repentance, been baptized, that is an act of dying out to the old self. This indicates that something new is coming. This indicates there's going to be a change. This indicates that there's something different that's going to be happening in our life. I I would venture to say that most everyone that came out of the water last Sunday did not come up and think, oh my, the world is completely different. I've never seen it this way before. In fact, they probably had to wake up the following Monday morning wishing they could have slept in because life is just life. We're just people. But something significant spiritually happened, and now there was a death, and now there's something new, and how do we keep that dead man down? In fact, when we understand it the way that the scripture relays it to us, we find that our old nature is dead, so that means our vices that we used to struggle with should be dead. Our unforgiving hearts towards other people should be dead. Our bigotry and hatred and racism and all that nonsense should be dead, right? Our selfishness should be dead, Our pride should be dead, but I guarantee you, you still feel all those things today, don't you? It's because zombies don't die, (laughs) right? We didn't tell you that part, right? The walking dead. There's a reason why we still struggle. So we go on in verse number three. It says, don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Watch this in verse 5. This is amazing. For if we have been united with him in death like his, we will certainly also be united with him 
in a resurrection like his. Certainly. That word means without doubt. It means assuredly. It's not you might. This is, the, it, this is the promise that shows us that that brokenness that we were no longer applies to us in the context that it used to. When we're born again, God looks at us differently than he did before. So you may feel kind of the same, but let me tell you something. He views you completely different. There, you will certainly be united with him in a resurrection. This is the hope that we will actually, we can actually become the person God intends us to be. This is the hope that says you can actually live a life that is filled with abundance. It just, you have to understand what that abundance looks like. When you look at things through God's perspective, you begin to see he's working in your life in ways that you can't even imagine. Because when we are dead to sin, something new is living within us. We just have to focus on what is actually there. He goes on in verse number six, for we know that our old self, was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with. I'm going to read that again. You tracking with me? For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. See, When we bring our prayer team up here on Sunday mornings and we invite people to come, if you don't know Jesus, we want to to talk to you, we want to pray with you because there's this act of repentance that happens. And when we confess our sins to God, when we say, you know what, I acknowledge that you're the Lord of my life, I acknowledge that you're my Savior, I know I can't save myself, I know I was born a sinner, and no matter how good I try to be, I can't fix myself. When we make that statement, we ask God to forgive us, that is the moment that we are, in this context, as Paul wrote, crucified with Christ. We take the old person that's broken, and we nail it to a cross, and we say, you know what? I'm done. I'm finished. I'm dead to that old nature. So we become dead because our old self is crucified. The beauty of this is when we're born again, he says we're no longer slaves to sin. Slaves don't have the option, do they? Slaves don't get to sleep in on Monday morning, do they? Slaves can't decide what they want to do on Tuesday, can they? No, they have a master controlling them. And what the promise is here is you don't have to be a slave anymore. Before you were crucified with him, you are a slave. But once you are crucified with Christ, you are no longer a slave. No matter what people have said over you, have said about you, have spoken over you, what does God say about you? Because those lies do not have to define you once you're born again. Anybody hearing me? Those things don't have to define you. No matter what you used to be, maybe you've lived for 40 years being a hellion. Guess what? You don't have to be that way anymore because the old man is dead. You still feel the same. You still struggle the same. But there's something in you that's different. It's the Spirit of God. And the Holy Spirit makes the difference. Pastor Scott talked about this last Sunday during baptism. The do-over, right? You get a do-over. You get a new shot at the life that you've been living. It doesn't matter if you've got one foot in the grave and one on a banana peel. You're about to kick the bucket. It doesn't matter. You get a new shot. (laughs) You get a new shot. You've got to remember God is timeless. If you've got five minutes of living a new life, then you've got five minutes worth. 
But we get stuck in this rut of being a slave, and we're not slaves, but we act like slaves. Well, I just can't help it. This is who I am. I'm going to struggle with vice the rest of my days. Says who? You. You're not a slave anymore. Let the old man die. You're a walking dead person. The zombie's got to go. There's something new in you. Verse 7 says, because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. This is awesome. Because he doesn't make this as an option. He makes this as a statement of fact. Anyone who has died has been set free from sin. It's a statement of fact. Here's the difference. Here's the difference. The Bible teaches that the wages of sin is death. End of story. Like there's no options there. It just is. We can either choose to willingly die or face a death beyond our control. Now, I'm not talking about physical dying here. I'm talking about spiritual death. Repentance is the act of willingly dying instead of waiting until you're judged for your sins. Does that make sense? The wages of sin is still death. Just the difference is I get to choose my death. <laughs> That's amazing. I get to choose. You know what? I'm going to die out to this old nature. I'm going to die out to this old man. I'm going to be a walking dead man. I'm done with that. I want something new. I get to. And so if I willingly make that choice to die, it says I am free from sin. Does that mean I'll never be tempted? That's not what it said, did it? It just says you're free from sin, which means when you struggle and you fall and you fall 5,000 times, every single time you have an option to get out of it again because every single morning his mercies are new. This is what grace is all about. You're struggling with this old nature. It's a zombie that just won't die, but yet inside of you something new is born and you don't have to be bound by sin anymore or vices or addictions or hatred or unforgiveness or any of the list that we could come up with today. Because he says, anyone that has willingly died has been set free from sin. The question is, how do you see yourself? Do you see yourself as free or do you see yourself as just the same person with the same struggles with a Jesus bumper sticker attached across it? <laughs> right? It don't matter how bad the jalopy is, it, how cool the bumper sticker is does not take away from the fact that your car is a piece of trash, right? <laughs> I mean, you can drive the clunker and put the, you know, I won millions at Harrods. That's not going to change the fact you're driving a bumper, like a, a, a trashy car, right? So it's not a bumper sticker you put across your life. It's something new growing up inside of you. And if you don't cultivate it, it just sits there. But if you die out to that old man and you say, you know what? That's what I used to be. I'm not, I'm not a slave to that anymore. Man, something changes in us. God empowered. The Holy Spirit works in us to change that, to give us power to say no before when we couldn't. To turn around and go the other way when before we couldn't. When we just, that old nature is, is ferocious. It's got an appetite that won't quit, just constantly trying to be on top, trying to win, trying to get your attention. I'm telling you, it's a struggle. Paul talks about it in another book that he writes about this internal struggle that we face when we're trying to do the right thing, but we're always messing up and doing the wrong thing. He recognizes this. It's not an instant fix. If you thought that when you came to Christ, everything would be perfect after that, we should probably have lunch together. <laughs> I should probably explain to you that that's, you didn't read the fine print. That is not, that's not how it works, right? Verse number 8, it says, Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. 
For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. Verse 10, powerful. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. That statement right there simply means that no matter how bad you have it, no matter how strong that vice is, no matter how deep-rooted that bitterness is, no matter how integrated into your DNA hatred and bigotry is, no matter how much you just have a problem with anger or a problem with depression or, or you just can't stay faithful, try as you might, none of that stuff was exempt from the price that he paid. He paid for sin once for all. We can stop right there and just think for a moment of what this really means. Jesus died once for all. That payment for your brokenness has already been made, but yet we walk around owning it. This is mine. This is my mess. You know, God does love me, but this is my mess. You know, God does forgive me, but, but this is still my mess. We walk around free. We're not slaves anymore, but yet we still go punch the slave clock because mentally we've not made the transition. We're still working out in the field. We're still slaves. If you were a liar before you found Jesus, you don't have to be one anymore. If you were self-centered and concerned only about what you could gain for yourself, you don't have to be that way anymore. If you've made the statement what they have done is unforgivable. I'll never forgive them. Let me tell you something. When you find Christ, you can forgive. It may take you the rest of your life, but you can forgive. If you've hated people just because they weren't like you, guess what? That's the old man. The new man says, I'll learn how to love like Christ's love. Because when I start to see what he has done for me, who am I to judge someone else? Right? If I look at my life honestly, who am I to sit on a high horse and look down at someone whose life's a wreck? Who am I? Nothing but someone that was dead to an old nature and slowly but surely something new is raising up in me. But let me tell you something. The zombie doesn't die. Just keeps coming back. You think you're doing great. You're doing great for a while. And then where did this come from? How many know what I'm talking about? Right? Where did that come from? I, I thought I dealt with that 10 years ago. Where did this? The zombie doesn't die. That's the whole point of zombies. <laughs> right? They just don't die. So in us, there's this struggle because there's something new that's trying to live in us. But we just have to remember, that is who I used to be. I am not anymore. That law does not apply to me anymore. Jesus died so all that junk could be paid for once and for all. The life he lives, continue on, he lives to God. Verse 11, in the same way, count yourselves dead to sin. What a statement. I get to count myself dead to sin. I get to count myself dead to the things that I always struggle with. I get to count myself dead to all those emotions that I know are not godly, those thoughts that are not godly, those actions that are very much not godly. I get to count myself dead to that sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, watch this. This is cool. Therefore, do not let sin reign. Remember the whole slave thing? Do not let sin reign in your mortal, in your mortal body so that you obey all its evil desires. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, 
Watch this. But rather, offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life. It's a whole, there's a whole lifestyle shift that's happening here. Paul is painting this word picture of this struggle that we're in, but he's letting us know, he's cluing us in to some few simple concepts here that are simple to write but difficult to live. The simple concept is I have to understand I am not who I used to be. Once you find Jesus, you are not the same person. Everything changes. Well, I feel the same. You're still not the same, but I feel like I struggle with the same thing. Guess what? You're not the same. I feel like I'm going to do the same thing again. Guess what? You don't have to because you're not the same. There's something different. There's something different. You can't see it. You can't touch it. But I can promise you this. If you give God a chance, the Holy Spirit a chance to work in your life, you will feel a difference when faced with the same temptations as you, as you had fallen to before so many times. When you find God, something happens in your life. But it's up to you to cultivate it. Keep the dead man dead and let the new guy rise up, right? Focus on what is real. Feed on the word of God. Feed on prayer. Let God speak to you. How many of you guys in Rooted? Come on, hands, 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 Rooted. How about the last week? About God talking to us. Don't worry. In a few weeks, you can sign up. If you didn't get on the first batch, no problem. You will, too, get to know what we're talking about. <laughs> God speaks to us because there's an old nature that's resisting God, but that old nature is getting pushed down. That old man, that old zombie is getting shot. You know, he's getting beat up. He's, we're chopping limbs off. We're getting rid of that old man because God is raising up something inside of us. Offer yourselves to God as those who've been brought from death to life and offer every part of yourselves to him as an instrument of righteousness. I love 14. For sin shall no longer be your master, because you are not under the law, but you are under grace. Sin is no longer your master. Now, here's the complicated part about this, right? The complicated part is none of this is physical that we see. We find God, we have an emotional moment, you know, we feel his spirit, we know something's changed in us, our faith has increased, we've been baptized, we know something is new, we know something's there. We know we have a connection with God. We're building a relationship. So we physically know something's happening. Sometimes you feel lots of feels when you're praying, when, you, when you're having that moment with God. Things are happening. But then life happens, right? And you just get out, you're doing your job, and everything's like normal. We don't see physically with our eyes the death of the old man. We don't get to go to a, a gravesite with a tombstone and know that it's actually gone. It's still there zombies still hanging around right in the background <laughs> just there and so sometimes it doesn't really feel doesn't feel like much is different doesn't feel like you know I'm Superman now but the Bible teaches us that we we walk by faith and not by sight and all that simply means is you're not going to see it but you're living off of faith. You know by the scriptures I just read to you today that, that there's a promise that says the old man is dead. There's a promise that says you are no longer a slave. There's a promise that says sin is no longer your master. There's a promise that says if you've willingly died, then you are above that. So walking by faith looks like this. 
Whatever your issue is, let's say you just have a trigger finger when it comes to anger. Like, I mean, watch out. So life goes on and somebody trips your trigger. And here it comes. You can feel it rising up from your gut. (laughs) Here's this anger. The difference is in that moment, that millisecond of a moment, somewhere inside, the Holy Spirit is pressing the alarm button. (laughs) And in that moment, walking by faith looks like this. God, help me right now. I'm losing it. The difference is, and this is where you have to walk by faith and not by sight. When you pray that prayer in that millisecond, you're probably not going to feel the angel choir sing and warm sensations and all that. But you'll be faced with a moment where God says, I got your back. Do the right thing here. You can do it. And that moment, that split second, you bite your tongue. You hold your words. You pause for a second. That's the old man dying a little bit more and the new man rising up. God is working in you. And if you walk away from that one, that's the difference from the old man to the new man. What happens if I mess up the next time? His grace is always there. But we often... When we mess up again, we often go back to the transaction office and say, well, I guess I'm a slave. I'm here to sign back up again. But that's not how it works. Because we read that he paid the price once. So you don't have to go back to the slave office and sign back up again, do you? No. You dust yourself off and you start over again. And that old zombie rises up again, take a few shots. You know, I think there's eventually a headshot that will take him out. And I think the headshot will happen whenever we're no longer in this mortal body, (laughs) right? When we're in heaven, we've taken the final shot. In the meantime, we're dead men walking. We're just the walking dead, trying to keep that old self crushed, pressed down, broken. Sin, addiction, shame, hurt, resentment, emotional wounds, hatred, disgrace, all of it. Count yourself dead to it. It's not you anymore. It's not me anymore. Since we're no longer slaves, watch this. We get to choose. Pastor Scott's going to be talking about the will. It ties directly here. We're not slaves, so that means I have a choice. I don't have a master telling me something. That means I have a choice. I get to choose. When bitterness comes my way, I can say, no, I'm going to forgive. I can say no to chains of addiction. I can say yes to freedom because I have a choice. I can say no to fear, and I can say yes to peace because I have a choice. He gave me that choice. I can say no to pride, and I can say yes to humility because he empowers me to do the impossible. I can say no to anger because I can say yes to kindness because he did it for me. He already dealt with the problem. He's given me the opportunity to live it out. Oh, that's amazing. Amazing. That is amazing. It's good to know we have a choice. 